Others anguish. New tonight on our news, live at 7. A 35-year-old man gunned down just after dawn on Sunday. Investigators say his 16-year-old daughter also injured in the early morning ordeal. The reeling father says he can't forgive the person who killed his son. Plus, just hours earlier, another shooting at a Harbor Island nightclub turns deadly after a man is killed. Police say three men in custody for questioning. But first... Coming up, we've got the details on the fire that broke out at Potter's Key Dock this morning. And stay tuned to hear more from the Vendors Association. Then in our news at 7.30, the story of a single mother losing her sight to a rare eye disease. We'll tell you her emotional plea for help. Our news live at 7 starts right now. Welcome to our news live at 7. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Kendino Knowles. Several boats went up in flames on Potter's Key Dock this morning, filling the sky with thick black smoke that could be seen from miles away. Though authorities swiftly managed to contain the fire, vendors say they remain apprehensive about congestion issues persisting at the docks. Marlena Leonard gets us started tonight. Sometime around about 8.24 or thereabouts, we received a call at our fire control room, police headquarters, that there were a vessel on fire. Firefighters acted quickly, but still, Robinson says, up to five vessels were destroyed. President of the Potter's Key Dock Fish, Fruit and Vegetable Vendors Association, Ormonique Bow, says the timing of the fire played a role in the limited damage. Persons was out here and I'm glad that it happened that time because if it happened like 3 o'clock in the morning like the other fire, it would have been worse. The last fire out here was a boat and it popped loose and exploded onto the dock and we lost four. Unfortunately this morning the boat that um, caught a fire is a boat that was already fueled up and ready to leave today. Um, so that means all of their groceries and everything has been lost. Now, vendors have also been pushing for more boat berths to be made available. They feel the current configuration could be a fire hazard. Transport now is cleaning up the area with the derelict boats and, and debris in the water and stuff like that to make space for boats um, out here on Broderskeek because sometimes you have the fishing boat aligned with the male boat and all of that, you know, and it is hazardous because if one catch a fire, all of them will catch a fire. In the meantime, acting permanent secretary at the Ministry of Agriculture and Marine Resources, Neil Campbell, says they're working on making things better. We were out here um, last week um, speaking and moving about with our, with our minister. We really want to see um, things done here, but in collaboration with the vendors and all those various stakeholders. Reporting for Our News, I'm Marlena Leonard. All right, thanks for that, Marlena. Well, three men are in police custody tonight following a deadly shooting at a Harbor Island nightclub early this morning. Police say just after midnight, the victim's bullet-ridden body was found inside the nightclub where a local medical doctor pronounced him dead at the scene. Police say a 29-year-old man voluntarily surrendered to police on the island and was taken into custody. Officers say they later arrested two men ages 38 and 42 the killing in the quiet Eleuthera community has pushed the country's murder count to 28 for the year. Also, a father grappling with the loss of a son who was shot and killed early Sunday morning as his dad tells us the incident sent shockwaves throughout their tight-knit family. Winston Woodside identified Sunday's murder victim as his son, Michael Woodside. The father of six was gunned down on Cordo Avenue and Wilson Track by two men who police say 
were driving a silver car early Sunday morning just as he was leaving home to carry his 16-year-old daughter to church. His grief-stricken father recalling the dreadful events of that morning. I was laying down in that same chair right now. I was laying down and I heard the shots. And it, it, gunshots radio is a normal thing. When there's no gunshot, there's no anger sin. So I was watching my, my um, phone. You know what I did? I said, hit the ground. I said, no way. I don't go to see. And I go on over there. And I look. I know I'm not know what's happening until the neighbors start hollering. Vincent, Vincent, Vincent. Also caught in the crossfire was his 16-year-old granddaughter. She was grazed by a bullet, but has since been released from hospital, and police say she's now being looked after by her mother. The teary-eyed Woodside, who you just saw there, he had this message for his son's killer. And whoever killed my son, you know, I can't forgive you, but I ain't lie to you. But I hope that you change your lifestyle. I hope if you get paid for killing my son, that you, you will spend that money, but it'll hurt you, it'll burn you right up. That you'll have sleep this night. All right, what a sad story. We've got much more on this tragic story coming up in our news at 7.30. We'll find out how the victim's family is coping with this tragic death. The brother of Long Island MP Adrian Gibson taking the witness stand in the ongoing bribery trial against the politician and five others. Leonardo Gibson testified he became a shareholder and director in his brother's holdings company in November 2017. However, the witness said he had no knowledge of the company's operations or how much money it had in the bank. Prosecutors allege in February 2018, the company laundered money by buying a lot in Venice Bay for $150,000. Although the MP's brother's name appeared on the conveyance, he said he did not know how much the property was or how the property was acquired. Now, the brother said he did not receive any money for his role as a shareholder and director and that he eventually asked for his name to be removed from the company. The trial concerns the granting of contracts while Gibson served as executive chairman at Water and Sewage Corporation. His brother said police arrested and questioned him during their investigation. However, he was released without charge. All right, we've got much more to get to tonight, including a murder that we are just now learning about. Before we get to that, meteorologist Greg Thompson, he's standing by in the Weather Center. Greg? Yeah, thanks, Kendina. Happy Monday evening, everybody. Another beautiful day around the islands as high pressure remains a dominant weather feature across the area. And that's going to continue to be the trend for the next couple of days as this high is not going to go very far very soon. 70 degrees outside our studios on the mostly clear skies. Your winds are light easterly, 8 miles per hour, and your field like temperature is at 70 degrees. Temperatures around the islands right now, it's 66 in Freeport, 69 over in Alistair, Bimini, over in Marshall, Barbaco, you guys, are 70, 71 in Great Harbor Key, Nicholstown, Andras, and in Governor's Harbor. Central Bahamas, we also have 71s in Kemp's Bay, Arthurstown, Cat Island, 
73 is Georgetown, the Exumas, Deadman's Key, Long Island. Copentown and San Salvador, we pick up 69 over there and into the Southeast Palmas. Low 70s, 73 in Duncantown, Ragged Island. 74 is Colonel Hill, Cricket Island, Delectable Bay, and in Providentialis, Dirks and Caicos Islands. Abrams Bay, 75, and over in the Deep South, Matthewtown, Inago, you are the warm spot at 77. Satellite and radar composite showing quiet conditions across area. We got some patchy clouds out there, but that is a very dry air mass in place. So we're not going to see much in terms of any significant rainfall or any rainfall at all, actually. There's a weak frontal boundary down near the southeast Palmas, but that front is washing out, and we continue to see this nice trend for the next couple of days. That's your first look at weather. Stick with us. A look at your extended forecast is still to come. Thanks, Greg. And still to come on our news, controversy erupts as we are learning funds meant for Disability Commission used for memorial service for the late social services minister. Plus, Prodigal Son's Junkanoo Group repays $30,000 in seed funding after parade no-show. And King's College School set to open a $15 million beachfront boarding house in September 2025. The story when our news returns. In what we do at Best Brew, it really doesn't end when the customer purchases our product. We offer specialty coffee, tea, spices, and brewing equipment. We do a lot of, um, of our orders via website. We actually have the mobile service and the phone service and the internet. So having business in a box really kind of brought everything together for us and helps us to be able to provide the customer services that we pride ourselves on. Don't spend hours sending individual messages to your customers. Use SMS messaging instead. With Cable Bahamas Business Solutions SMS Messaging, you can send personalized messages to hundreds or even thousands of recipients instantly. It's quick, effortless, and cost-effective. Plus, it ensures that your messages are delivered directly to your customers' cellular phones, guaranteeing higher engagement. Save time and boost your outreach with SMS bulk messaging. Call Cable Bahamas Business Solutions. A spokesman for the Davis administration confirming $25,000 budgeted for the National Commission for Persons with Disabilities was reallocated to pay for a memorial service at Bahamar for the late Obi Wilchcombe last year. Government has come under fire since news broke, but communications director in the office of the Prime Minister, Latre Ramming, defending the move, saying officials in the Ministry of Social Services wanted to honor their fallen minister. The staff determined that they wanted to have a memorial uh, for his, in, to, on, on the occasion of his passing. Uh, as you are aware, that there are num the, a decision to um, use a particular line item would have been under the guidance and the advice of the financial officer. So each ministry has a financial officer who is in charge with the responsibility of managing that ministry's expenditure. So they would have realized that on a particular line item, they look at what, what areas have, have significant savings. Government also moved another $5,000 from another line item for the memorial. However, Ramming says Bahamar provided the room and drinks for free. He says the cost was shared between tourism, urban renewal, and social services. 
Following his passing, two funeral services were held for the late minister. The Progressive Liberal Party also held a memorial for Wilchcombe. There was another memorial in Grand Bahama and a national memorial in New Providence. Ramming says that line item had excess funding that was not being used. And he says at no time was the disabled community impacted. At no time was the work of the National, the national Disability Commission impacted. Uh, they have adequate funding to do what is required. Um, we want to, and I also want to reaffirm the government's commitment to all vulnerable communities. So I think it's important to, to, to mention, despite the real reallocation, at no time were they disadvantaged. They had, they stayed today, they have the adequate funding they need to do that, to do the work of the commission. The Prodigal Sons Junkanoo Group has repaid the $30,000 in Junkanoo seed funding, according to Culture Minister Mario Boleg. The money was to help them prepare for the 2023-2024 Junkanoo season, but they were a no-show at both Junkanoo parades. That prompted the Culture Minister to ask that the group repay the money. They also paid an additional $7,000 to the Junkanoo Corporation of New Providence. Minister Boleg says the payment was made this morning. Myself, along with Ellery DeVoe, who was in charge of Trunk here at the ministry, that Ms. Kraft, who was the leader of Protocol Sons, uh, sometime this morning. And he uh, was happy to present us with a manager's check payable to the public treasury of $30,000 to return the seed funding that we would have requested. And uh, we're happy to say that um, we are at an agreement of understanding uh, that the Protocol Sons will be doing all they can moving forward for the greater good and development of Jean-Claude within the country. As for making sure something like this doesn't happen again, Boleg says... He's supposed to be having some post-mortem uh, meeting within the next week. And one of the things will be discussed, the adjustment of the contract with, with the ministry and the groups uh, that I also will have the AG looked at. Also, too, with uh, working along with JCMP and coming up with an idea on a deadline when we should be able to say, when groups should be able to notify the ministry and JCMP and the parade management team whether they will be coming to the parade or not, and not at the ninth hour, which is the day before or just a few hours prior to the parade. Come September 2025, King's College will welcome students to its new $15 million beachfront boarding house called King's Beach Lodge. The boarding facilities will offer a unique experience to students from across the world. That's according to school principal Matteo Rossetti, who spoke exclusively with our news. I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to expand our school community and uh, uh, both to expand the access to this wonderful education that we are offering at King's College School uh, across the archipelago of uh, the Bahamas, so including the Outer Islands too, which I think is uh, incredibly exciting and it's gonna bring huge, uh, um, huge um, value and uh, huge opportunities. And also it's going to be a place where we expect to bring students from across the whole of the group of Inspired. We have 80,000 students across some of the best schools in the world and bringing those students here to the Bahamas. The boarding school is designed to offer students access to top-notch international education. And Rosetti says the facility will serve more than just a place for academic learning, 
but will also focus on nurturing leadership skills to equip children for the future. He also told us about scholarship programs available for Bahamian students. Absolutely committed to uh, expanding the access to a King's College school education to, uh, uh, to all students. We continue to invest heavily in the provision of uh, uh, scholarships uh, across uh, the whole of the Bahamas, and uh, uh, we're doing that. There's a huge investment in that just uh, just here in the Bahamas, about $250,000, and across the whole... When our news comes back from the break, we turn our spotlight to stories making headlines across the world as the United States Supreme Court grapples with social media regulation, how key cases could reach define platform moderation amidst censorship concerns. Plus, farmers clash with police in Brussels as protests across Europe continue over cheap imports and regulations. And Caribbean leaders meet with Haiti's Prime Minister to tackle gang violence amidst leadership concerns when our news returns. This is our news. Welcome back. We turn our attention now to stories making headlines across the world. The United States Supreme Court poised to make a game-changing decision on social media's future this week as the court tackles two cases with far-reaching implications. On Monday, the court heard arguments on whether states like Texas and Florida dictate what stays on platforms like Facebook and TikTok. The debate hinges on the platform's right to moderate content versus states' control. The states want to keep Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and others from removing users' posts, potentially even ones that promote hate speech or eating disorders, lie to voters about elections, and more. If ruled in favor of the states, it could reshape how users engage with platforms ahead of the 2024 general elections. Alexei Navalny was reportedly on the brink of being released in a prisoner swap before his untimely death, according to his ally Maria Pevchik. She revealed in a YouTube video plans for Navalny's exchange with Russian hitman Vadim Krasikov alongside two U.S. citizens held in Russia. Negotiations involving American and German officials were said to have been ongoing for two years with a concrete plan formed in December. However, President Vladimir Putin allegedly reversed the decision last minute, demonstrating what some say is his disdain for Navalny, who was Russia's opposition leader and fierce critic of Putin. The Kremlin has yet to respond to these allegations. Angry farmers clashed with police in Brussels on Monday, hurling bottles as they voiced their frustration over several issues, including competition from cheap imports, cheap food imports, stringent environmental regulations, and subsidies favoring large corporations. The protests, which have been ongoing for weeks across various European countries, including Belgium, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Italy, and Greece, are driven by farmers demanding better income and reduced bureaucracy. They argue against unfair competition from inexpensive Ukrainian goods, particularly after the European Union waived duties on Ukrainian food imports in 2022 to aid the country's economy following Russia's invasion. Authorities in the Eastern Caribbean are urgently searching for two individuals believed to be U.S. citizens after a yacht was hijacked by three escaped prisoners from Grenada. The Royal Grenada Police Force said they were following leads that indicated the occupants of the yacht may have been harmed. 
The missing individuals, identified as Ralph Hendry and Kathy Brindell, were experienced cruisers and members of the Salty Dog Sailing Association. The yacht, named Simplicity, was found abandoned off a beach in St. Vincent with signs of violence on board. Caribbean Loop News reports that family members of the missing individuals have met with authorities. Grenadian authorities, meanwhile, say the escaped prisoners have since been apprehended in St. Vincent. And Caribbean leaders convened with Haitian Prime Minister Ariel Henry on Sunday to address the ongoing gang violence plaguing Haiti. The discussions taking place ahead of the 46th regular meeting of CARICOM heads of government meeting in Guyana with Haiti dominating the agenda. The talks are set to focus on CARICOM's contributions to a UN-backed deployment of Kenyan police officers to combat gang violence. Several nations have pledged support for this mission, including the Bahamas, but it faces challenges due to a court order. However, in an interview with the Associated Press, Foreign Affairs Minister Fred Mitchell highlighted Henry's leadership remains a major obstacle to progress as opposition groups in Haiti oppose his tenure. Mitchell emphasized the necessity of a political solution, acknowledging the international community's concerns about Haiti's governance should Henry step down or be removed. Despite calls for his resignation, Henry dismissed them as power grabs, stressing the importance of collaboration for any progress to occur. Prime Minister Philip Davis is leading the Bahamian delegation to the meeting, which ends on Wednesday. And Peter Anthony Morgan, lead singer of the renowned reggae band Morgan Heritage, passed away at the age of 46, as confirmed by his family. The cause of his death was not disclosed in the statement shared on social media. Jamaican Prime Minister Andrew Holness expressed his sorrow on social media describing Morgan's death as a significant loss for Jamaica and the reggae music community. Known as PETA, Morgan was the son of the esteemed Jamaican reggae artist Denroy Morgan. He co-founded Morgan Heritage with his siblings in 1994, and the band achieved notable success, including winning a Grammy for Best Reggae Album in 2016 with Strictly Roots. Welcome back to our news. It's time now to turn our spotlight on events that shaped the day that was February 26th. Take a look. On this day in Bahamian history in 1835 was the arrival of William Colebrook in Nassau to assume his duties as Lieutenant Governor of the colony. His appointment dating back to September 9th, 1834, lasted until he was appointed governor of the Leeward Islands in 1837. During his tenure, Colbrook actively pursued administrative reforms, particularly in the realms of education and prison management. Colbrook Lane in downtown Nassau stands as a memorial to his contributions. Then in 1861, tragedy struck as five brave souls lost their lives in a valiant attempt to rescue two sailors adrift from Nassau Harbor. In their honor, an obelisk was erected on Nassau Harbor's western esplanade along West Bay Street. The inscription of the monument commemorates the selfless heroism of Thomas Eden, Felix Booby, Joshua Edwards, Isaac Knowles, and Joseph Henry Strawn, who all perished in the line of duty. February 26, 1955, marked a significant royal visit as Princess Margaret came to the Bahamas, which was one stop on her tour of the West Indies. The Bahamas General Hospital, which was built in 1952, was renamed Princess Margaret Hospital in honor of her visit. And 11 years later, in 1966, 
was another historic royal visit, as then Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, embarked on their inaugural journey to the Bahamas. The two-day visit was part of a broader tour of the Crown Colonies of the Caribbean. The royal family's links to the country were further strengthened by regular royal visits throughout Her Majesty's reign. Watch that historical recap again, and for all of today's top stories, you can visit our news.bs. That's going to do it for us in News at 7. Joining us now with the latest is our Italia Hall. Now, Italia, I know uh, we are following that murder that, that happened just moments ago, yeah? Yeah, so a double homicide happening in the capital, I believe, on Faith Avenue, and so we have more information coming up. Here are your latest headlines. First tonight on our news, live at 7.30, a father mourning the death of his 35-year-old son who was shot to death over the weekend. The candid story coming up. Also, this video capturing the attention of many in the Capitol this morning. We have details on what led to the massive fire at Potosky Dock. Plus, a Grand Bahamian mother diagnosed with a rare eye condition is asking for your help tonight. I saw a specialist over there. This, they were telling me that, hey, there's just something that you have to wait and see because it's age-related, so as I get older, the worse it will become. And later, a media blitz hear about the mega campaign the Ministry of Tourism is preparing for as they seek to take the Bahamas across the world. The story when our news live at 7.30 returns. Welcome to our news. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Natalia Hall. We begin with breaking news tonight. Police reports indicate a double homicide just a short time ago. Here's what we know. Two males are believed dead. That's according to preliminary reports from police. These victims will make murders 29 and 30 for the year. A police source says at least one of the victims might be a teenager. The shooting happening in an area north of Faith Avenue off of Carmichael Road. Police first reported the shooting just moments after it happened, after 6 this evening. As you can see from this video, the Our News team is there along with police and investigators. Go on to the Our News Bahamas Facebook page for the very latest. We will continue to follow this story. Meanwhile, a father is reeling from the loss of his son, who was shot and killed, as he was picking up his daughter from a home on Cordo Avenue and Wilson Track Sunday morning. As his dad tells us, the harrowing incident sent shockwaves through their tight-knit family. I said, oh, Lord, no. I said, no, Lord. No, Lord, my son. No, Lord. No, 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 no. I said, Michael. They killed Michael. I said, what? That's to cry of Winston Woodside, a grieving father grappling with the devastating loss of his son, Michael Woodside. The father of six was gunned down early Sunday morning. The 35-year-old, who was known by those close to him as Mikey, was shot and killed by two men driving a small silver car early Sunday morning, just as he was leaving home to carry his 16-year-old daughter to church. His grief-stricken father recalls the dreadful events of that morning. I was laying down in the same chair right I was laying down and I heard the shots. And it, it, gunshots in your area is a normal thing. When there's no gunshot, there's no angry sin. I look what you see. And I go on with you. And I look. I don't know what's happening until the neighbors start 
According to his father, Michael worked on a boat tour excursion and was a hardworking man who didn't bother anyone. Not naive to the fact that his son might have gotten himself into trouble, Woodside says his son shouldn't have died the way he did. People will say, oh, boy, I'm talking, his son's just a... But all the neighbors around here could tell you, my son don't keep company. My son don't keep company, you always waking. And I, I shake my head. I, I said, yeah, boy, you take off of me. But guess what? He's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Also caught in the crossfire was his 16-year-old granddaughter. She was grazed by a bullet, but has since been released from hospital and is being looked after by her mother. A terry-eyed Woodside had this message for his son's killers. My son, you know, I can't forgive you, but I ain't gonna lie to you. But I hope that you change your lifestyle. I hope if you get paid for killing my son, that you, you will spend that money, but it'll hurt you, it'll burn you right up. That you'll have sleepless night, like me. All right, such a sad story. While social media lit up with photos and videos of smoke emanating, stories high from Potter's Key Dock this morning, the blaze jumping across multiple boats before it was extinguished. Assistant Commissioner of Police for Saturation Patrols, Operations and National Events, Damon Robinson, gives us the details. Sometime around about 8.24 or thereabouts, we received a call at our fire control room, police headquarters, that there were a vessel on fire. Um, right away, the fire units were dispatched, dispatched to the scene. Upon arrival, we met uh, old Jess to the rear of me um, on, in Gulfford Fire. The firefighters then went into strict operational mode to extinguish those fire. Um, thus far, I think we have about four or five vessels that have been destroyed by fire. Also present acting permanent secretary of the Ministry of Agriculture and Marine Resources, Neil Campbell, who says efforts to improve the area are underway. Preliminary at this um, stage, um, we have the found information from the, from the police. We have to also speak with our partners, um, who will be the Ministry of Works and also the um, Port Department. We have ideas um, ourselves. We were out here um, last week um, speaking and moving about with our, with our minister. We really want to see um, things done here, but in collaboration with the vendors and all those various stakeholders. Um, the way forward is, is um, really walking, um, observing, um, listening, and then have a strategic plan in order to affect whatever changes are necessary. A police constable arrested following a drive-by shooting is behind bars and facing multiple charges. 23-year-old Shando King appeared before senior magistrate Shaka Seville charged with, charged with attempted murder, possession of a firearm with intent to endanger life, possession of an unlicensed firearm, and possession of ammunition. Prosecutors allege that on February 18th, while concerned with others, King shot Tavares Paul in the shoulder during a drive-by at Exuma Street in an attempt to kill him. King and others are accused of attempting to murder Inspector Marcian Fraser, Constable Len King, and Abel Seaman de Corde Glinton by opening fire on them during a police chase. King, who has since been fired from the police force, wasn't required to enter pleas to the charges. Bail was denied and he returns to court on September 25th to receive voluntary bill of indictment papers. And now to this unfortunate situation. 
A Grand Bahamian mother losing her sight to a rare eye disease is pleading for help. Tonight she's sharing her story in hopes that her prayers will be answered. It was traumatizing because I have children, so you can imagine me not playing with them, seeing them. Meet 26-year-old Bethany Davis, a single mother of two young boys ages five and three. Davis has been wearing glasses since she was a child, but at the age of 23, her vision became blurry. She was diagnosed with a genetic eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa and was told that she would be blind by the age of 25. Davis still has some of her sight, but the condition has now changed how she handles everyday duties. With my phone, I have everything in bold. So once everything is bold, I'll be able to see. And then with my house, I with my house, I know what my way around my house because it's my house. But when I go shopping and stuff, my dad, he comes to me. And the most heartbreaking part of the situation for Davis is being a mother has become difficult as her children can now tell something is wrong. I'll be like, hi. Um, what is this or where is this? And he'll be like, Mommy, it's right there, it's right there. So And the thought that she may one day never see again haunts her. Every single moment, especially when I have in my black eyes, I be like, oh, wow, what if I just, what if it don't come back or what if don't it don't clear up? Davis says she saw a specialist in the United States but was told that her condition is a wait-and-see situation. Now unemployed, she's trying to raise money to travel to Cuba for treatment in June. The trip, she says, will cost some $3,000 and she's asking for help. And despite the odds, Davis still calls her life a blessing. It still have its challenges because, you know, I still face the blurry vision, still have the, the blackouts. So I consider it as a blessing because I still could wake up every morning and look at my kids' face, see them smile, even though it's still a little blurry, but I still could see their figure. And of course, if you want to help Bethany, the story is available now for you to watch again on ournews.bs. Well, temperatures in the lower 70s on this Monday, but things are expected to heat up. Meteorologist Greg Thompson is in the Weather Center with your first look at weather. Greg. Yeah, thanks, Italian. Welcome, everybody, for our first look at weather on this Monday evening. Beautiful conditions outside our studios, 70 degrees and mostly clear skies. Winds are out of the east at 8 miles per hour, and your feels like temperature is at 68. Satellite radar composite showing quiet conditions across the area. Patchy clouds, in the name of the game, a high-pressure system in charge of our weather. That's keeping us rather pleasant and comfortable and mostly dry. There's a weak front down near the southeast Bahamas that's washing out. We will continue to enjoy these weather conditions for the next several days. That's a quick check on conditions around the island. Stick with us. A look at your extended forecast is still to come. Still to come on our news, an executive at Fusion Superplex is speaking out tonight. Hear why he's calling for the film laws to be revised. Allow the adult public to be able to view the material. That is all that we're asking for. Plus, the Ministry of Tourism launching a media blitz to share with the world what the Bahamas has to offer. The details straight ahead. And later, Safety First, a lifeguard training program soon to come on stream. The tourism minister is sharing its purpose when our news continues. Stay with us. We are still following breaking news tonight as police still on the scene of a double homicide just a short time ago. The shooting happening in an area north off of Faith Avenue. 
Here's what we know. Two males are believed dead. These victims will make murders 29 and 30 for the year. A police source telling our news at least one of the victims may be a teenager. Police first reported the shooting just moments after it happened, after 6 this evening. The Our News team is still there, as you can see from this video, along with police and investigators. Now, be sure and visit the Our News Bahamas Facebook page for the very latest. Well, there's been an ongoing outcry on social media after the announcement that the highly anticipated Demon Slayer sequel has been banned from theaters by the Bahamas Plays and Films Control Board. Fusion Superplex Chief Legal Officer Takoyo Bridgewater says he found the decision surprising as the last installment of the franchise was approved for Bahamian theaters by the board early last year. The Bahamas Plays and Films Control Board was born out of the Theaters and Cinemas Act, which was established back in 1975. Bridgewater feels it may be time to revise the almost 50-year-old legislation, saying times have changed. The process right now, I think it's a little antiquated based on the circumstances that this is some legislation that was enacted sometime, I believe, in 1975. We're talking about drive-through theaters. Uh, we're talking that there was no internet, there was no cable TV, there were no streaming. It's a different time right now, so there needs to be adjustments. Bridgewater says they've reached out to the Minister of Youth Sports and Culture, Mario Bulleg, and the board to review the D rating of the film in hopes that they may change their position. First things first, remove the ability to restrict the displaying of the films in the theaters. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, and it would only be fair because they don't have that same restriction on the hotels or on the streaming services or on the uh, cable networks. They don't have it. Our position is, okay, give it a rating. Give it a C rating. <laughs> Even though our laws don't allow for it, give it an R rating, because that's the, that's the akin to the C rating in the United States. But allow the adult public to be able to view the material. That is all that we're asking for. The Ministry of Tourism has launched a Tourism is Everybody's Business campaign in response to bad international press following the recent surge in homicides. The campaign to spread the message of tourism's importance to the Bahamas involves a media tour across all major radio and television shows supplemented by full-page newspapers and TV ads promoting the message. Director General Tia Duncan stress inaccuracies in recent travel advisories from the United States and Canada. We looked at the data, we looked at the analytics, and we started our mission to tell our story, to show what's happening in the islands of the Bahamas, Nassau, Freeport, Eleuthera, Exuma, Abaco, Cat Island. Internationally, we sought to reframe the narrative of our destination. Our boots on the ground allowed us to have in-person sessions with our trade, the travel trade, the travel advisors, sharing that the, nest, the destination is safe. Duncombe says the local campaign will also focus on getting Bahamians to experience more of the family islands. And with a massive number of yearly visitor arrivals, acting Prime Minister and Minister of Tourism Chester Cooper, who recently touted the record-breaking arrivals in 2023, says there's much to protect. The message we will be conveying to the nation over the next year through this campaign will be as follows. Tourism is of paramount importance to the economy of our country. 
We are the custodians of a beautiful country that is annually sought after by millions and millions abroad. A country that we must grow in appreciation for and be proud of. It's now time for tonight's Financial Market Minute, brought to you by RF, your local investment bank. This has been your Financial Market Minute. To explore the best-performing mutual funds in the Bahamas, visit our website at www.rfgroup.com. When our news comes back from the break, safety first. The Tourism Development Corporation spearheading a lifeguard training program. We'll tell you all about it straight ahead. Coming up in sports, a disappointing finish at home for Team Bahamas in the first window of FIBA America qualifiers. And later, fairly cool temperatures across the islands. Wondering what else we can expect? Greg is back with their extended weather when our news returns. This is our news. Welcome back. The Ministry of Tourism is looking to attract 100 Bahamians for a lifeguard training program spearheaded by the Tourism Development Corporation. With trained eyes on the public beaches, acting Prime Minister Chester Cooper hopes the lifeguards will deter multiple incidents, including shark attacks. Lifeguards will, will ensure that, that every element of safety uh, that they could influence uh, will be influenced by them. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's ensure that everyone we know who might be interested in becoming lifeguards uh, take advantage of, of this opportunity. One of the things we've also uh, promoted in our Blueprint for Change is a Learn to Swim program all across the islands of the Bahamas. Uh, this is something we hope will, will take root. Cooper says the plan is to place lifeguards where they are most needed. Certainly on uh, Goodman's Bay, where we're seeing large numbers of tourists, uh, Junkanoo Beach, Cabbage Beach, these areas will be areas of focus first, in addition to the private uh, stakeholders who will hire some of the lifeguards. But we work closely with beaches and parks uh, to ensure that wherever there are heavy uh, occupancy of beaches of the beaches across the country, that we have lifeguards. All right, coming up in sports, top athletes emerge at the national championships, and the Betty Kelly Aquatic Center won't be able to host the upcoming Carifta Trials. Here now with our sports presented by 10th Year Seniors is Ronaldo and John Mark. Ronaldo. Thanks, Italia, and welcome to our sports presented by 10th Year Seniors. I'm Ronaldo Dorsett. Let's do show. The Bahamas and Puerto Rico exchanged road wins in this opening window of FIBA America Cup qualifiers. Puerto Rico silenced the home crowd with a dominant 86-67 win over the Bahamas Sunday night at the Kendall Isaacs Gym. Kai Jones led the Bahamas with 14 points and 9 rebounds. I think we just got a bit stagnant in terms of ball movement, which led to some bad shots, rough shots, which caused our field goal percentage to dip. And, you know, basketball is a game of numbers, so I think we could have just took some smarter shots, and as a group, including myself, and that's going to be the 
evolution of Bahamas basketball. Like everybody can make shots in the world. It's just about taking the right ones and putting them in accurately in the moments. Dominic Bridgewater scored 13, while Tavario Miller had 11 points and seven rebounds. Team Bahamas' head coach Moses Johnson outlined the team struggles that led to the lopsided loss. We're in the three retired right now in the in the group, so it's anybody's game. So any given night, like I told these guys, any given night, you have to come to fight. And um, it's not going to be easy, but we can't take anybody for granted. All four teams in Group D, the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the United States, are tied in the standings at 1-1. One and one. The top junior sailors in the country were on display at the return of the Sedgwick Knowles Junior National Sailing Championships. The Exuma Sailing Club were named the overall winners of the regatta, headlined by top skipper Josh Knowles, who finished first in the Sunfish class. Exuma also swept the top three in the E-Class Championship, led by Knowles and Keanu Hutchinson sailing the Lady Kayla. Norman Cartwright of the Bahamas National Sailing School took top honors in the Laser Class. In the Opti Championship fleet, Finley McKinney-Lambert of the Luther Sailing Academy finished first, while Edwin Knowles Jr. of Long Island's Mack Knowles Jr. Sailing Club took first place in the Green Fleet. Eleven teams from across the country participated in three competitive days of sailing at the first national championships since 2018. Dakari Turnquest took first place in the Platinum Division of the Men's Nine Ball Singles at the BCA World Championships. So playing in the Platinum Division, I already know what I was getting myself into. I had to play good from the start to actually progress on and on in the tournament and um you know my my first match went pretty good and i keep keep on getting better and better as the tournament progressed and i played some really some really good some really good players due to ongoing renovations at the betty kelly kenning aquatic center minister of youth sports and culture mario boleg said the venue will be unable to host the upcoming carifta trials no that facility that facility will not be prepared for them to have their swimming trials uh, the federation has been updated on a weekly basis on the progress of this uh project of the swimming pool and it's their duty to tell the swimming communication uh, community what's what's happening the ministry speaks to the federations. The federation's job is to speak to the swimming community. That'll do it for our sports presented by 10th Year Seniors. I'm Ronaldo Dorset. Back to the studio. Sunny skies and cool temperatures on this Monday, but things are expected to heat up. Greg is back with your extended weather right after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to our news. We're still following breaking news tonight as police are on the scene of that double homicide. It happened in the area north off Faith Avenue off of Carmichael Road. Two males are believed to be dead. We are learning from a police source that at least one of the victims may be a teenager. Now, police first reported the shooting just after six this evening, moments after it happened. Now, our birthing McDermott is live on the Our News Bahamas Facebook page as police and investigators are still combing the scene. Now, these victims will make murders 29 and 30 for the year. We will continue to follow the story. Well, cool temperatures outside the Our News studios this evening, but temperatures are expected to heat up. Greg is back in the Weather Center with your extended forecast. Greg? Yeah, thanks again, Natalia, and welcome back, everybody, for our final check of weather on these last couple of days of February. We end in this weather, this pattern, weather pattern for the next couple of days. Very nice. 
High pressure remains in charge of our weather, patchy clouds across us, and we are seeing some very dry conditions, so we're not seeing much in terms of any rainfall. There is a weak frontal boundary. Most of the activity is down near the Puerto Rico area, as well as the eastern portion of Hispaniola, but that front will continue to wash it over the next couple of days, and high pressure will continue to dominate us. We expect a warm-up for the next couple of days as our winds turn more towards the east and southeast. That's all because that high pressure system will continue to push out towards the east and turn our winds more towards the east and southeast. Future forecast showing just absolutely gorgeous conditions across the area. Nothing in the forecast through Tuesday and even into Wednesday. We're not going to see much in terms of any uh, significant weather. Some upper level clouds will be moving over by the end of that time frame. But all in all, it should be very nice. Boating conditions on the water is very nice out there as well. Your winds will be out of the east to southeast in the northwest Bahamas, 10 to 15 north seas, 2 to 4 feet over the ocean. High tide is at 9.12 tonight. The low tide taking place at 3.23 in the morning, pardon me. And across the central and southeast Bahamas, we have a caution fly for you guys down there. Northeast to east winds at 15 to 20 knots. Seas running 4 to 6 feet over open waters. Here's a look now at your national forecast. In your extended forecast, what am I going to say? Nothing happening out there. Beautiful conditions expected. Temperatures slightly warming up and into the mid to upper 70s during that time frame. There's a possibility of a weak front by the weekend, but we're not seeing any significant weather with that. So get out and enjoy. It should be very nice over the next several days. That's a look at our weather. Make it a great night and stay safe, everybody. All right, thanks, Greg, and thank you for joining us for our news tonight. On behalf of the entire team, I'm Natalia Hall. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great evening.